Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. I love you so badly. I could... They're solid plastic, so don't settle for imitation. But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. WKRP in Cincinnati was a sitcom that ran from 1978 to 1982. It was a show that really focused on the relationships between the main characters on the show, all employees of a struggling AM radio station in Cincinnati that switches its format to playing rock music to stay afloat. The theme song you just heard contains the lyrics, Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me. In the world of B2B, I'm sure there are a lot of customers thinking the same thing about their vendors. Sandy Yu is an advocate for customer-led growth a strategy that focuses on driving additional revenue and customer loyalty by focusing on your current customers rather than on new customer acquisitions. Her customer growth framework is designed to increase net revenue retention, drive more referrals from customer advocates, and motivate teams to deliver value. By focusing on your customers, hopefully they won't be singing Just maybe think of me once in a while. This week on Next in Q, Sandy and I discuss how customer-led growth differs from other growth strategies, why customer-led growth focuses on value, how customer-led growth generates additional revenue, tactics for deepening customer relationships, long-term impacts of deeper customer relationships, The most important radio station to customers, it's not WKRP, how automation fits into customer-led growth, and how advisory boards can drive customer relationships. Let's get to it. Welcome to Next in Q, the podcast for contact center and customer experience professionals. Next in Q is brought to you by Happy Two Vision. Eliminate blind spots and see right through every conversation with Happy Two Vision. Learn more at HAPPITU.com. Now, here's your host, Rob Dwyer. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining another episode of Next in Q today. I welcome to the show, Sandy Yu. Sandy, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. 
I know you're doing great. It was, we just spent like the last 15, 20 minutes. Well, not all of it was talking. Some of it was some technical challenges that we got resolved, but that never happens. Technical challenges on a Zoom. <laughs> you're here now. And we are going to spend some time talking about customer-led growth. So if you're not familiar with that topic, stay tuned because Sandy is going to enlighten us. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about you. Tell us, give us the Cliff Notes version of Sandy you and, and what you're doing today. Sure. Thanks, Rob. I design strategies that deliver on the promise of customer-led growth. So customer-led growth, not customer-like growth, but customer-led growth. I like that. That you, you, you really took the whole Cliff's Notes thing to uh, heart and just, just gave me the quick elevator pitch. <laughs> you want a little bit more? <laughs> Tell us about, you know, kind of what you've done in the past. We've got yeah. time. So 20 years in big tech, and what that means is Cisco and Oracle and WebEx and Pricewaterhouse, really, really big. Really big names. Global enterprises. So 20 years in that and a lot of cross-functional roles from sales to marketing to product management. And I develop this set of expertise that I really want to share with more companies. And what I've really focused on in this latter part of my career is really evangelizing, helping people understand what is customer-led growth. So let's just start there and let's define what customer-led growth is, because there are a lot of strategies out there to grow your business. Let's what is customer-led growth? Customer-led growth is culture, it's mindset, it's alignment, and it's value. So it's four things. I guess you could say three and a half because mindset is part of culture. So it's different. I want to differentiate that from sales-led growth which is the traditional way of thinking about sales and how to grow a company, which is you have salespeople that are out there and marketing people that are out there trying to really acquire customers, bring awareness. That's what sales-led growth is. And then specifically for software companies, there's a, there's, um, a trend called, not a trend, but it's been going on for a while, called product-led growth. And what product-led growth is, without as much investment in the sales and marketing, what can you build so that your product automatically generates sales, like Monday.com, like SurveyMonkey? These are all examples of product-led growth because your product is front and center to help bring in the customer. So those are the two primary ways that companies have thought of in terms of growing their business. Customer-led growth is thinking about how can we generate and grow our business by focusing our customers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, why would I want to 
pursue a path of customer-led growth over those other options that you just discussed? As a business, revenue and cost are the two levers, right? Those are the two things you're always trying to grow and trying to control. Especially in the current economic climate, the cost of sales, that's the marketing, the process, the front end and the back end, and the calls, the people that you have to invest in getting a new customer is very, very, very high. It's 60% higher than generating new revenue from your existing customer base. And oftentimes, once the customers are in the door, they kind of feel like, oh, the honeymoon's over. I thought you cared about me. Right? <laughs> And so not enough, I think it's obvious that we have to focus on our customers, but the emphasis and in the investments and the money always goes to something called the top of the funnel, right? To generate net new, but the cost of sales extremely high right now, especially, and the timeline is so much further. So with customer-like growth, what you do is you focus on the people that have already said yes. You're focused on people who've already invested in you. And the key to customer-like growth, the last thing that I said, which is value. Customer-like growth is relentlessly focusing on the value that you bring to your customers. Do you know why, Rob? I do, but I want you to tell us. And then I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got a little story that I want to share. You do? Wanna, okay. Yeah, but I want you to tell us why. Yeah. Because when your customers are successful solving the problems that they have by using their by using your product, what are they going to do? They're going to stay because you solve your problem. And they're also going to buy more because they want to solve more of their problems. And they're going to tell their friends about it. Yeah. Their friends are going to say, Rob, you had this problem with emailing you had this problem with people opening up your email how did you do that right like i'm suffering that problem so not even intentionally they are talking about you evangelizing you because you solved your problem so that's why there this reminded me as you were going through this uh quite some time ago early in my my contact center career I supported one of these, uh, one of what we would call today, the big three wireless telcos. And one of the chief complaints that I got from customers was that this is, this was back when upgrades were like a thing. We weren't all paying full price for phones. You would get a really discounted phone. With two years commitment, of course. With a two-year commitment. That's right. Two-year commitment. And customers would complain that we focused on new customers and that we weren't giving good deals to the existing customers. And it was a huge source of frustration and friction. And I worked in the retention department. Right. So these are people that are calling to cancel. And one of the reasons they often cited was I can't get the same kind of deal that I can get 
if I was a new customer, like I could literally cancel today, go somewhere else and then come back and you'd give me a better deal. And that's kind of what you're talking about when that's that sales led growth, uh, really going after acquisition of new customers versus developing your existing customer base. Yeah. Imagine if you always offered, if you always offer the offer you give to your new customers, to your existing customers, you don't have to have spend time to send them notifications for renewal. You don't have to have agents calling them. You don't have to do run any promotions or marketing. They would just automatically renew. I don't know if this ever happened to you, but have you ever gotten a notification from any one of your provi service provider to say, hey, we noticed you're on this and you can save money on this. Would you like to switch? Right? Like, it's I, rare. Feel seen. I feel seen. <laughs> uh, but that's what we did at WebEx. So at mm. WebEx, we would have data that's from how our customers are using it, uh, are using the WebEx service. And we would, you know, as, as sales reps, we would get notifications like, hey, your, you know, your customers are using at this level and then they're incurring a lot of overcharges. So instead of ding them on the overcharges and getting the revenue that way, why don't we tell them and say, look, we can, you have the volume now to actually go to a lower tier pricing. And so you can continue to grow. So that does a couple of things, Rob. First, you're calling the customer to say you want to lower your price. Right. And you allow the customers to feel more comfortable to use your service more frequently. And what does that do? That actually generates more revenue for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know who does a, a relatively good job? And this is not in the SaaS world. Uh, and there's, but they do it. It drives more membership, and I guarantee you it drives more spending. And that is, and longtime listeners of the show are going to be like, Rob, we get it. You're a fan. Costco. Costco does this, right? So with their executive yeah. membership, if you get a regular membership at Costco, I think it's like today it's like $55 or $60. But if you get the executive membership, you get a rebate that goes with that an annual rebate. And if you spend enough with them, they will actually tell you, they'll have people approach you that work there about the executive membership. And the pitch is you will get more of a rebate than what it costs you to pay the extra for the executive membership. And for them, right, they are driving customer loyalty because now I get this special perk and shockingly, the more I spend, the bigger that rebate is. So it's, it's an incentive to actually spend more in their warehouses because I'm getting once a year, this, this rebate. Yeah. Costco is a really great example of the combination of the culture and the mindset as well as alignment. So there's the buyers that are buying the product 
and the people that are delivering the service to you and also value. That's a really great com com combination of customer-led growth. They make it so valuable for you. Like what they, they go out. So in terms of the alignment, so the buyers go out and, and find the best deals to ser in service of the customer, right? And the people at the front, they make it easy to return. They reduce the friction. They, they give me the promise that it's going to work out because if it doesn't, I can return it. And of course, like we forget to return, right? <laughs> Depends <laughs> on what the why, item is, but yes. But they, but they not, they're, they, their mission and value is to actually deliver that great customer experience all along the way and delivering value so that you save money. But what happens when they're focused on that? I spend way more with them. Yeah. I have other cars that give me like credits and points for hotel and travel, but I go to Costco, not because it's for that combination of reasons. And this is customer life growth is that combination of things. It's culture, it's alignment, it's value. Mm -hmm. It's not just one thing. And so it's obvious, but it's complex. Yeah. Right? It's very nuanced. And so they do a really good job of focusing on delivering value to the customer. And that's why we come back. That's why you are talking about Costco and a business podcast. One of the primary measures that has been out there in the marketplace for a long time and is wildly misunderstood, uh, but is very valid, that's Net Promoter, Net Promoter System, Net Promoter Score, NPS. And it really is all about the literal, how willing are you to recommend? And I can say the brands that I am a really big fan of, and Costco is one of them, I will recommend. It's not just that I recommend. I say, well, why don't you go to Costco? <laughs> let me tell you all about it and how great it is. Like, let, let me just tell you, you're making a mistake. Why aren't you going to Costco, right? And so then I, I have family members now who... They are members because I was like, well, you should be a member of Costco. You should go there. Just go check it out. And if anyone mentions Sam's Club, I'm just like, no, no, don't talk to me about Sam's Club. Right. And similar value prop, but I am a fan of one. And, and so I will promote for them. And that's part of what you're talking about is you develop that customer passion so that your customers become an extension of your marketing team, your sales team, your support team. Absolutely. Especially with, um, and this apply, I don't want your listeners to think that this is all about, you know, consumers, right? But it's, it's very applicable to business as well. Business to business, mm -hmm. business to consumer. Um, so if you, you know, if you think about, if you think about Oracle, if you think about a big company like Oracle, we are, well, when I used to work there, it was we, <laughs> it is staying now. <laughs> they, so, we, we get yeah. it. So, so we really focused on what is the outcome that the customers are trying to achieve for Costco 
it's money savings, it's buying things at good value. For Oracle, it's that our customers are solving their business problems. So when I was with Oracle, um, their C customer experience organization, we, in order to help our customers really better understand getting more value out of the products they already have, um, we were part of a team that actually went out and did something called a product maturity assessment. So it was a marketing product. So we would go out and help our customers with, with their consent to say, I'm going to do an assessment for you to let you know if you're taking advantage of all the things that we have to offer. So typically, if you think about any application that you use, probably like use like a fraction of what the service has to offer. We are only using a fraction of what Zoom has to offer, right? And so we go out and do an assessment and we, one of the things we did is we were a secret shopper. So for a business like Juniper, for a business um, like Citibank, we would do an assessment and say, how is the marketing experience you're giving to your customers, right? And the reason, and so we would go to their website, we would sign up for emails, we would see, because we sell all these prop marketing things that they're using. And we are giving them an outside in perspective about how our product is doing, working for them. Mm -hmm. So it's a report card of us, for us to tell you whether or not our product is working for you, right? And so the, the idea is not for us to sell more, but it's for us to make sure that you're using everything. Without paying more, you could actually do more. Right, reap, reap all the value that you reap can. Reap all the value. And so that was very, very successful. What happens? There's just a couple of things. It's not altruistic, right? So he gave us a chance to really develop that, deepen that relationship with our customer. We now understand your business. We now understand your business goals. And we understand how, what they want, what kind of experience they want to give to their customers and how we can partner to give them that. So that's one of the type, an example of initiative. But when we do that, we're part of their team, right? Mm -hmm. So we are now, we're now working together to say, how can you get more customers? It's no longer Oracle is trying to get you to buy, to, to, to buy something from Oracle. It's Oracle partnering with you to help you grow your business, to get more customers by using our marketing products. Yeah. I want to talk about something that I think fits into this conversation, but maybe we don't think about a lot. And that is when your key stakeholders move from one company to another company and how pursuing customer-led growth strategies help when that happens. Mm -hmm. It's a great, great question. And it happens all the time, especially now. Um, people are switching jobs. People are losing jobs. So when you have a customer-led growth mindset, 
you are not just trying to get them to buy the next thing. You're not even just trying to get them to use more of your product. You're really trying to understand what they, what this individual, you, Rob, my key stakeholder, what are you trying to achieve as a person, right? So maybe you tell me like, hey, I'm a VP. I really like to be an EVP or SVP someday. And then how do we do that, right? Can we give you more visibility? So it has nothing to do with the product. Can we introduce you to more people, maybe through one of the things I ran was the customer advisory board for Oracle Cloud, for Oracle Cloud. And that, you know, there's a lot of that, one of the values, and I interview every single one of them before, you know, as part of the initiation process, the value that they see in these gathering of executives is the ability to meet each other, to not just share ideas, but also for opportunities. Right. So when you have developed that personal relationship with the key stakeholder, then you're able and you focus on helping you, Rob, be successful professionally, personally, then they will bring you to the next company that they're, they're at. Right. Because obviously, first, your product works. Right. And then, like, you gave me the visibility that I needed. You introduced me to the people that I needed. Right. But one other thing that you need to think about is in order to make this customer successful for your company that you're working at right now, it's not just about me servicing you, right? I need to understand, Rob, what other departments do you think could use help like this? What other executives can use help like this? So when you have, I think that's one of the challenges that a lot of companies have, you have this single line of contact, right? And these, these people are advocates for you, like they bleed your color, right? But that's the only one. So when you're thinking about customer-led growth, you wanna think about, well, who else? Like who else needs to grow within your company? Mm -hmm. How else can you help? Is it your product? Or maybe you can recommend a different product, right? So it's all about, networking it's all about again focusing on the value and then helping maybe your stakeholders align more effectively with a cross-function with their cross-function teams yeah that kind of multi-threading approach can really help you too so so there are two things right when someone leaves a company that's a fan there's a good chance that that you're going to get your your brand name socialized somewhere else, right? So there may be a new client there. But one of the things that you're talking about is kind of having that multi-threaded approach to, to your existing customer base because the danger is that when that fan of yours does leave, that the people that are still there are like, eh, why are we still using this? this product or this service yes. or who do we Absolutely. reach out to or something's not working or whatever the case may be. And so if you can have those kind of deep relationships with your customers and multiple stakeholders, you reduce your churn risk with your existing customers, but you increase your, your customer acquisition opportunities when people do inevitably leave because that's 
that's the world that we're in. People don't go to a company and stay there for, you know, 40 or 50 years and retire. Absolutely right, Rob. And I wrote a post about this yesterday about maybe your key stakeholder is not at the decision level. And that happens because it's a big company or it's a particular product. When your stakeholder is not the decision maker, but an influencer, then it's important to get to the decision makers. So my post was about um, maybe these decision makers not giving you the time of day. Actually, I had um, another customer success leader ask me like, well, I should try to meet with the CEO of this company. And I said, why would they want to meet with you? <laughs> How is that helpful for them? How is that adding value to them? Mm. So I think the thing I want to highlight is, again, it's the mindset. You got to have the mindset that you're here to deliver value. And if you, if you haven't clearly identified what is the value you're delivering, then hold off. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. You haven't earned the right to reach out to the CEO. And, you know, especially in customer success, I know there's a lot of talks about we don't do QBRs, that's quarterly business reviews anymore. And it's always so hard to get the executives to come and attend. But if you think about it, depends on there's that's a whole other thread, like what a QBR is and what it should be. Typically, it's you telling them about how well you did, how well my product did, and how much revenue I made. It's like, they're like, nice. That's what I pay you for. You better be delivering that value for me. But what's in it for them? What's in it for these decision makers, these executives? Why would they want to come and either meet with you or even do a sporting event? They don't have time for that. They're out there trying to grow their company and sometimes now is just trying to save their company. What can you do to help them save their company? Do you even know what kind of problems that they're having? I think the products that get cut are the products that have missed that connection. Companies don't buy your product to be nice. They buy your product to solve a problem. That's important to know that there's you're solving a problem, but it's also important for you to have a mindset. What other problems is my customer having? So you need to really broaden the scope. Mm -hmm. You remind me that we should always be thinking about the customer's favorite radio station, which is always WIIFM. What's in it for me? <laughs> it is always the customer's favorite radio station. Yes. You need to know what's on that playlist. And yes. so um, thinking about those interactions and how you are going to drive value for them will deepen that relationship. And when you do that, you're on the path to success. The path to success. See, you mm -hmm. thought it was going to be customer-led growth that was going to be hard to say. And it turns out path to success is the thing that's hard to say for me. What are you going to do? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think people say, say whip them, right? 
So that's that's the I when you started going down the radio station, I was like, people still listen radio station, <laughs> Sirius Satellite, Spotify. Uh and you can borrow that one. It's it's not trademarked. You can borrow okay. it. Some people it. like to say whiff them. I like to say W I I F M. You're right. playing all your favorite hits. Well, you are, you definitely have the DJ voice for that. So <laughs> yeah, I think um, it does take, it does take work. And for customer success leaders, I think you have to, you have to prioritize it and you can't do it for everyone. And so on another podcast, we can talk about, hopefully your previous podcast have already talked about segmentation right? You can't do this level of work for, um, you can't do it this way on the scale model. And I know a lot of customer success teams are now on the scale model with automation, but even let's talk about automation a little bit for, for a minute. This just pivot, hard right, hard right. So a lot of companies think uh, scaled customer success is just there's no human interaction and you just do everything automated, whether it's, whether it's a chat bot or uh, knowledge centers. And so you, you do everything to, to scale back the number of people. And that, I think that's important. One thing when you're thinking about customer led growth is there's going to be a segment of your customer that actually prefer it believe it or not. Yes, 100%. Especially with global, you have a global customer base, you you know, instead of trying to have people around the clock, I think it's very effective to have all the assets that the customer need, make it easier to search. So that's one thing, but it's not, when I think scale CS, I don't mean completely removing humans. I think about customer-led growth in terms of looking at the journey as a whole, where are the optimal ways to insert the people? That makes sense for your customer of the segment because different customer journeys, you need different, uh, different, different journeys for different segments. And so it doesn't mean that your strategic or highest value customers always have people because those people are busy. They're they're more compartmentalized as well. So they probably want to have a lot of self-service offers. So for me, automation, self-service is foundational. And then you need to take a look at how can I scale the one-to-many interactions? A lot of people think it's, I need either customer, um, strategic customer success team, or scaled, like there is something in between. Uh, there's a lot of talks about community. There's a lot of talk about office hours. And you may ask me, Sandy, what's the right thing? I'm gonna tell you, experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just asked me that. Uh, and it's like, so what is, the, what is the customer engagement initiative that's gonna give you the best ROI? I was like, collect some data. Yeah. Get out there and fail and find out. Exactly. Experiment and try 
try on a small, small scale. When you have webinars, how many people are coming? When you have office hours, how many people are coming? And very important, ask your customers. Ask them. However many customers you have, ask them. What, what would be value, again, what would be valuable to you? Would it be a weekly office hour so you can come in with all your questions? Would it be a better uh, self-help uh, knowledge center? Because I won't name the company, but it was a big company that I worked at that had a unsearchable help center. <laughs> and you have to scroll and try to figure out. Like with, with a lot of these uh, free tools, like, I don't know, free or even even if you buy it, like chatbots, you can leverage those to help you make it reduce the friction. So one of the things I hear customers say is that you, me, as the company, make it too hard for me to find help from you. So you probably hear this all the time in the contact center, right? Like people are just frustrated because when they come to you, they probably have already tried a lot of things. Yeah, it's often happened, yes. Yeah. And so what's important, and I think support is a great place to look at where you're causing the friction in a journey for your customer. Yeah, so it's a great way to identify those those pain points because you're going to hear about them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, you have to take the time. I think people are running really fast and they're putting out fires, but you got to prevent the fires in the first place. And I think it's worth investing the time to say, where are my potential hotspots? And you have the data, so use the data. The data includes the hard data that you get from the tickets, includes if you have telemetry data about how your customers are using your product, but also don't forget, just it's okay to talk to customers. <laughs> <laughs> I that think sometimes true. we do forget that, yeah. So when I was running the, when I took over the customer advisory board for Oracle Cloud, they did not, uh, they had an existing, and I, so I said, "Oh well, why do people? Why do people come? Why have people come in the past to the advisory board?" They said, "Well, you know, it's a really great thank you event, and we take them to fun places around the world." I took it over in November 2020, so a little different world back then. You didn't but go to fun, fun places around the world, uh, did you? You <laughs> could go to this zoo with this background or this zoo with that background. So that's out the door. So the obvious value of a thank you is out the door. And so I said, um, so if they said, well, we give them product updates. If they're one of your, if they're the top 5%, they have a busload of people telling them about a product. So why would they take time out to do that? So no one knew. So I so I said, oh, I better go and find out. <laughs> so I interview all of them. And it turns out that they, it's the thing that I mentioned before, right? They want to not just hear about product updates. They want to be able to influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They feel, they want to feel like they're in partnership with us. 
to help influence our roadmap. Not just for their convenience, because they feel like that's where the market is going. Mm-hmm. Right. And they want to network with the other executives that are that are in the advisory board. And the other thing is, once I've interviewed them all, it turns out some of them weren't a good fit. So it was an opportunity for me to reset. But that's, you know, again, I go back to what is the alignment? What is my mindset, right? So mindset is to be customer centric. So we are not here to do a roadmap update on a quarterly basis. Because, you know, if these are the top 5% of our customers. So if someone said, hey, I want a roadmap update, everyone would jump and just go, right? So roadmap update is not the thing. You And if you don't know what the thing is that your customers are struggling with or what they want from you, you better ask. Yeah. Yeah, it's instead of showing them the map, it's more like asking them where we should go. And when you do that, they're going to naturally be more invested when you get there. I would, I would add to that, Rob. It's not where we should go. It's the way would you like to go. Mm-hmm. Because as a product organization, we need to have a vision. And you might be surprised, even for these most important customers, where they have wined and dined up and down the, the, the executive titles, they don't have a clear understanding of our vision. There is a lot to digest here, Sandy. But really, what I want to do is thank you for giving me the time of day and joining us on Next Thing Q today. Well, it's, I'm happy to be here. I feel really passionate about this topic. And it's my mission to enable more companies to have this mindset, alignment, and value of customer-led growth. So if one of the companies that's listening wanted to reach out to you and have a direct conversation, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, they can come to my website. It's revenuecco.com. Will you put it on the podcast notes? Of course, I will put it on the (laughs) podcast notes. Uh, As I like to do in these videos, I like to point down down here. That's where you'll find the link right down here. Sandy, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It was a great time. Thank you so much, Rob. Next in queue is brought to you by Happy To and is produced by me, Rob Dwyer. If you enjoy this podcast, please, by all means, subscribe and or rate this podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. But more importantly, Please tell just one person about this podcast. Word of mouth is the best way for people to discover new content. As always, thanks for listening.